Many years ago, in the shtetl, lived Chaim. Chaim was poor, but he was well respected as a good, honest person. He made his parnasa by going into the woods and chopping down branches and gathering fallen branches and sticks. He would bring them home in his wheelbarrow, tie the wood into bundles, and then take it to the market for sale. In the winter, Chaim had a lot of customers because people needed wood to heat their homes and people needed wood to heat their ovens to cook. During the winter, he wasn't able to use a wheelbarrow, so he used a homemade sled, which served him very well. But one year, there was such a severe snowstorm. It went for days and days all the roads and all the paths were piled high with snow. Chaim was completely housebound. It was impossible for him to go out with his small sled and drag it over the snowdrifts. So Chaim stayed home while his worried wife, Braina, nagged him. Don't you know that your competitors, the peasants, they have big sleds and horses, and they will take advantage of the fact that you're not collecting wood, and they will go to the market on their big sleds with enough wood to supply your customers with everything they need. You'll lose your business. I know, said Chaim, but what can I do about it? It snowed. The snow is too deep for me to get through. All we can do is hope for the best. No, and what about Pesach? We haven't any money for matzah and wine, let alone fish or meat. Ach, the Eibishter will surely help us to celebrate Pesach in a worthy manner. He should give us a yontif and not give us the ability to buy the things we need for that yontif? No, he will surely not forsake us. Chaim returned to saying Tilim. Chaim was not such a Tamad Chacham, he loved to say to him. As Braina continued to speak to her husband, he emitted a deep sigh. Sighing? Sighing is not going to get us matzahs and wine, she said to him. Not even potatoes. Why don't you do what all the other poor Jews before Pesach? Go to the Maischitim Fund. Ask the Gabbai. You contribute every year. Surely he won't refuse you. I know. I know, said Chaim. His heart felt heavy at the thought that he would have to benefit from the Maischitim fund. It's true that every year he gave a small sum to the Maischitim fund that was not a large sum, but considering his means, it was a nice sum, and it always gave him such a good feeling knowing what a big mitzvah it was to help other Jews less fortunate celebrate Yantiv. Well, Chaim, said Braina, what about my suggestion? Go to the Gabbai. No, said Chaim, I refuse to accept Tzedakah. Really, said Braina, then tell me how your pride is going to help us celebrate Yantif. You don't want to think about yourself. You don't want to think about me. Think about your children. Chaim didn't reply. Then, 
He said, Reiner, is there anything in the house that we could sell? Ha, she replied. We sold my leichter a long time ago. We've sold our pillows. We've sold our blankets. The only thing left that we have is poverty, and I don't think you'll find any customers for that. Chaim felt so downhearted, he turned to his tillim. You know, Chaim, said Breina, there is something that we still own. We have that silver becher that we use for the Kais of Eliyahu. Chaim, sell it. Sell it and we'll buy matzah's wine and potatoes. What? said Chaim. How could you say such a thing? What kind of a seder would we be celebrating without Eliyahu's becher? Chaim, don't get so excited, said Breina. Eliyahu Hanavi will surely come to our house during the seder as always, even without a special becher. Nope, Raina, I cannot do it. Imagine, Eliyahu Hanavi comes to the door and his cup is missing? What will that look like? No, I will not do this to Eliyahu Hanavi. Hashem will simply have to show us a way out of our problem. We'll have to just depend on Hashem. Oh, I have an idea, he said. What about the goat? Raina, maybe we should sell our goat. This did not go over well. Are you out of your mind? shouted Breina. The goat is the only thing we live on. Where else will we get milk for our children? Look, the kais of Eliyahu that you have gives us no milk. Sell it. Chas v'shalom, said Chaim. It's out of the question. The night before Pesach, Chaim got busy with Bedikas Chometz. He went through his house, searching each room for chametz, though there was little chance he'd find any left. He then went to the Rav to sell his chametz. Do you have any flour left? asked the Rav. No, said Chaim. How about any cereals? No, said Chaim. How about chametz dik kalim? Yes, Rabbi, we do have a few pots and pans. So the rabbi wrote down Chaim's name and address, and they concluded the sale in the required manner. But Chaim didn't leave. So the rabbi asked him, Chaim, is there something else? Uh, yes, rabbi, there is. Um, I was just wondering, are we allowed to use milk instead of wine for the arbakaisais? During the Seder, the rabbi began to stroke his silver beard as he looked at Chaim. Mm-hmm, he said to himself. So, Chaim clearly does not have wine for Pesach. He must not have meat either, otherwise he's not going to be talking about using milk. Probably doesn't even have fish or matzah. Hmm, I wonder why he didn't go to the Maischitim Fund must be that he doesn't want to ask. Uh, it's a good question, Chaim, said the rabbi as he opened his drawer and began searching. I don't have any time right now to look into your question. It's too close to Yontif. Do me a favor. I'll answer it after Yontif. That'll give me some time to look into it. 
But in the meantime, I have some money here I'd like to lend you. Go and buy wine, matzahs, potatoes, fish, whatever you need for Yontif. The money is just lying here in my drawer over Yontif anyway, and you'll return it to me when you're able. Don't worry, Chaim. I'm not worried. I know you're an honest man. Go. I wish you a kosheren or a freilichen Pesach. Chaim was so grateful to the rabbi for not putting him in a position where he had to ask. So he ran off to the matzah bakery. He bought matzahs. He bought wine and fish and potatoes and even flesh. He rushed home. Reinala, look, good yantif, good yantif. What do you mean, good yantif, she said. It's not yantif today, it's tomorrow. No, no, no. For us, it's yantif today. Look, matzahs, wine, fish, flesh, potatoes, everything we need for the sadarim and a wonderful yantif. She couldn't believe it. She thought she was dreaming, but no, there it is. Matzahs, wine, and everything else. No dream. I told you, Braina, said Chaim. I told you the Abishta would take care of us and our needs. You see, we still have Eliyahu's silver kais. We still have our goat. And we're going to have a proper seder. And indeed, Chaim, Braina, and their children really had a seder, which in all their lives they had never enjoyed quite as much. During Shvecha Mascha, when the door is open for Eliyahu and Novi, Braina went and opened the door and saw an old man standing there. Good Yantif, he said. Oh, good Yantif, please come in. Chaim recognized the man as someone he had seen in Shul that evening. Must be a stranger passing through town. Good Yantif, said Chaim. Come, join us at the Seder. Oh, Shkayach, said the stranger. Can only stay for a few minutes. I've been invited somewhere else, but I wanted to stop by. The guest sat down and looked at Eliyahu's cup, which Breina had polished until it sparkled. What a beautiful becher, he said. May your mazel shine and sparkle like this cup. He chatted with Chaim for a little while, then he got up, wished them a good yantif, and left. The next morning, Chaim looked for the stranger in Shul to invite him to the second Seder. When he didn't see the stranger anywhere, he asked around if anyone had seen him. Stranger? Everyone answered. I didn't see any stranger here. What do you mean? said Chaim. This man came to my Seder table last night. He came in the door, he sat down, he spoke to me. Rabbi, did you see the stranger? Yes, answered the rabbi. He came to my house too. In fact, he visits every Jewish home by the Seder. It's just that not everyone has the schus to see him. You, Chaim, obviously do. After Pesach, winter retreated and spring arrived and the snow melted and Chaim again took his wheelbarrow and went into the woods to gather fallen branches and wood and twigs. He filled the wheelbarrow and set off for home, but the load must have been heavier than usual, for the wheels got stuck in the soft soil and refused to budge. Chaim pushed and pulled and pushed and pulled, but the wheelbarrow remained stuck. He began to take out some of the wood he had gathered to lighten the load. He gave a sudden push, and the wheelbarrow popped out of the hole revealing 
something shining. Chaim bent down and examined and found a gold coin and another. He quickly moved the dirt away and revealed an ancient leather pouch filled with gold coins. From that time on, no longer was Chaim known as poor Chaim, but his mazel shone for him and his family, just like Eliyahu wished him at their Seder table. Thank you.